Psalm 126. Psalms 126. I was blessed today to hear uh, Miss Sharon Smith over there. She sent some of my sermons out to some soldiers in Iraq, and they've requested us to send a bundle to them in Iraq. So, hallelujah. Is that not awesome? Praise God. So if anyone wanted to give to that, uh, we'll, we'll send a bundle out. Amen? Let's get the Word of God to them, guys. Get them born again and on fire. Amen? Amen. With the Holy Ghost. Psalms 126, verses uh, one, and, 1 through 3 I want to look at today. It says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about an extremely, I'm telling you, an extremely serious topic in the body of Christ. And the level to which you possess this one thing will determine the quality of life, even the quality of your health can ride on this thing, and even the length, your lifespan on this earth. This, this thing will determine whether you will be victorious in spiritual warfare against the enemy. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's a serious topic. The joy of the Lord. I received a word from the Lord last night as I was sitting at my kitchen table with the laptop and typing away. All of a sudden, I just felt a download from the Spirit of God. Oh, I'm feeling it in my bones right now. I've got to release this thing. The Holy Spirit has revealed to me that the joy of the Lord is going to flood the hearts of his people in a supernatural way. And this is the word that I received last night. You judge as it comes forth. The Spirit of God says that this is a season of incredible spiritual breakthrough for you, my people. Dreams, visions, and supernatural guidance and wisdom shall be increased to give you an advantage over your enemies. My favor shall shine upon you, upon your face like the noonday sun. That which has seemed impossible is within reach. That which seems impossible shall be made manifest in the natural. The enemy has been trying to sift and to keep you from entering into the fullness of my joy. The traps that Satan has set for you to stumble and fall shall surely be brought to nothing. I have given, I have given, I have given my angels charge over you so that you will not even dash your foot against a stone. I am sending forth my mighty angels and ministering spirits that shall usher in and bring these things to pass. I am your God. I am your deliverer. I am the God of your salvation, saith the Lord. The Spirit of God says that the enemy cannot and will not stop this mighty move. This outpouring shall surely come to pass. A river of joy is going to flood this place. A river of joy is going to flood your hearts. And the love of the Father shall be made manifest in your midst. 
Get ready. It is even at the door. It is even at the door of your heart. Open up the door of your heart, saith the Lord, and a flood of my spirit shall come in. Rivers of living water shall gush forth, and with it shall come healing and deliverance that you have not seen thus far in your life. That's it. I, I just, I knew that was the Spirit of God on me. I mean, it was, have you ever had that before where a word from the Lord just came upon you and boy, you had, you, you, you knew you had to write that thing down. You knew you had to type it out. And I knew this was a word from the Lord. You judge it though. But listen, I want to talk about the joy of the Lord this morning. Let's define joy. Joy is defined as intense happiness or great delight. It's a gladness of the heart. Now, along with joy, of course, will come laughter. I'm telling you, the topic, this topic of the joy of the Lord is definitely a serious laughing matter. Now, I'm going to read something to you here in a minute. Well, it's a tough crowd this morning. I'll receive that word from the Lord by faith, I guess. But listen to this. The word laugh, let's define the word laugh. Because if there's joy, there's going to be some laughing. Isn't it right? Now listen. The word laugh is defined in Webster's Dictionary as to express amusement by explosive sounds, usually accompanied by convulsive muscular movements, especially on the face. Now listen to me. Don't tell me that you have joy in your heart and you never laugh or you never crack a smile as a Christian. Don't, don't even bring it to me. Don't even say, oh, I got the joy of the Lord. <laughs> I got it. I got it, brother. No, don't, don't even tell me that. If you got the joy of the Lord, it's going to come out. Now listen, God is not against his children being joyful. In fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is joy. Now, having joy, gladness, laughter in your life is not a negative thing. I mean, come on, what's the alternative? Sadness, heaviness, how about a little depression? Are you hearing me? So if you have a problem with the joy of the Lord, you got some problems with the Lord. Are you hearing me? It's the joy of the the Lord. Now, it's a proven medical fact that negative emotions can cause sickness, disease, ulcers, and all of that junk. Amen? I want to read something to you here. I, I downloaded some things from the internet. This is interesting. It says, laughter is a birthright, a natural part of life. The part of the brain that connects to and facilitates laughter is among the first parts of the nervous system to come in line after birth. Infants begin smiling during the first weeks of life and laugh out loud within months of being born. Even if you did not grow up in a household where laughter was a common sound, you can learn to laugh in any stage of life. Friend, I'm bringing this from a Christian perspective now. If you don't have joy in your heart as a Christian, Houston, we have a problem. Amen? 
Now, laughter, listen to this. Laughter activates the chemistry of the will to live and increases our capacity to fight disease. Laughing relaxes the, the body and reduces problems associated with high blood pressure, strokes, arthritis, and ulcers. The medical people are catching up on this, and the secular even. Some research suggests that laughter may also reduce the risk of heart disease. Uh, historically, research has shown that distressing emotions, depression, anger, anxiety, stress, are all related to heart disease. A study at the University of Maryland Medical Center suggests that a good sense of humor and the ability to laugh at stressful situations help mitigate the damaging effects of distressing emotions. A, a, listen, a good hearty laugh can help reduce stress, lower blood pressure, elevate mood, boost immune system, improve brain functioning, protect the heart, connect you to others, meaning one-on-one -on -one communication, foster instant relaxation, and make you feel good. This is amazing. Christians ought to be the happiest bunch on this earth. We have something to be joyful about. We have something to be happy about. Amen? Now, what else can I give you here? Laughter stim stimulates both sides of the brain to enhance learning. It eases muscle tension and physiological stress and keeps the brain alert and allows people to retain more information. I like that. Listen to this. Humor changes our biochemical state. Laughter decreases stress hormones and increases infection-fighting antibodies. It increases our attentiveness, heart rate, and pulse. All right. Now, uh, this is some good stuff. God created emotions. He created laughter. But Satan, with, with all this stuff of heaviness, depression, uh, Satan has perverted the emotions in people. Are you hearing me? All right. Now, there's something else here I want to show you. Laughter reduces the level of stress hormones, and you thought you were coming to hear a sermon today. Laughter reduces the level of stress hormones like cortisol, ephrine, whatever, adrenaline, or whatever, uh, and growth hormone. It also increases the level of health-enhancing hormones like endorphins and neurotransmitters. Laughter increases the number of antibody-producing cells and enhances effectiveness of the T-cells. Uh, I know this is, you're, not, you're not a doctor, I'm not either, but this sounds pretty good. Are you hearing me? My point is, laughter is a good thing. Amen. Joy is a good thing. <laughs> I see you laughing back there. Now listen. Go to Proverbs 17.22. It also says laughter is contagious. And it is. I mean, you have to... Be one hardened brother or sister if someone's uh, you know, laughing and somehow it's not catching on to you. You've got to have some issues with you. Are you hearing me? Proverbs 17.22. A merry heart does good like medicine. I just read what medical science tells us about laughter. But a broken spirit 
dries the bones. This scripture is commenting on, and really, it's praising one's ability to laugh. Are you hearing me? A merry heart is contrasted with a broken spirit. You see, when something is broken, there's a disconnection. It's not, that when something's broken, it's not able to function the way it was designed to function. Are you catching on to this? It compared a merry heart with a broken spirit, meaning they're opposites. The Christian should have a merry heart, and if they don't, there's a disconnection. Or there's a short in the system somewhere. The word gospel, the very word gospel means good news. And that should produce joy. It should produce cheerfulness. It should produce gladness. It should produce a laughter, a healthy laughter toward the enemy. Toward the things that the enemy would want to bring into your life. Are you hearing me? So why then are so many Christians walking around with heaviness? Why are so many Christians walking around with depression? There's a short in the system. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. And what that short in the system is. But let me ask you something. Now seriously think about this. How would you react if a millionaire came up to you? Like let's just say Bill Gates. He came up to you and he, he said, Hey, I have some good news for you. I'm going to pay off every debt you have. You will be totally debt free. And everything that I own, you're going to own also. Everything that I own, everything, all the jets, all the houses, everything, your name is going to be on that too. Oh, and by the way, he says, whatever enemy comes against you, whatever an enemy does to you, I, I'm going to step in and I'm going to turn it around for your benefit. Now listen to me. How would you react? Would you walk around moping? Would you walk around with, with just hopelessness and, and turn that down? No, you would be filled with joy. You would be filled with cheerfulness, gladness, and maybe tears of joy. Maybe, a, maybe dancing for joy. And maybe a laugh or two would come out also. Man, you're a tough crowd this morning. Well, listen to me. Jesus Christ paid our debt of sin in full by his shed blood and gave us the Holy Spirit to live a holy life, to live victorious. And, and it doesn't stop there. Everything he has belongs to us when we're in covenant with him. Because we sit with him in heavenly places. The Bible says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Are you hearing me? And Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that all things work together for the good to those that, underline it, love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Friend, listen to me. If you're a Christian in this place, you cannot lose unless you throw in the towel yourself. We cannot be defeated if we will simply Keep Jesus Christ at the center of our life 
And we will seek him and love him with our whole heart. Now that should produce joy in Christians. Go to Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to keep chipping away here, all right? We're going to keep chipping at this stone in this place this morning, all right? Isaiah 61. I want to look at verses 1 through 3. Oh, I mean, I know that word. It just seems like, okay, yeah, the joy of the Lord's going to hit. What's that matter? But this is the beauty of the prophetic word. The prophetic word looks to the future. It's not based on the present circumstances. Are you hearing me? That, that's the very heart, nature of the prophetic ministry. Amen? Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, this is about Jesus Christ, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening, come on, of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he, he, Jesus, may be glorified. All these things should happen in a Christian life. Why? That he may be glorified. Oh, hallelujah. That he, Jesus Christ, may be glorified. What I want you to see out of this passage is the anointing, the very, the anointing in the life of a Christian will produce joy. And if you're not experiencing joy as a Christian, there's a dam that's blocking the flow of the anointing in your life. I said there's a dam blocking that flow in your life of the anointing. Because the very nature of the anointing, someone says, what's the anointing? The anointing is the presence of God, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. The very nature of the anointing in presence of God is to destroy every yoke of bondage in your life. Depression, hopelessness, and all of its kind should not be a part of the Christian life. If it is, there's a disconnection. It's not normal. Say that. Say, it's not normal. normal. But oh my goodness, how normal does it seem now? I mean, it's almost extinct to see a Christian who's filled with joy in the fire of God. I mean, it's almost the rare thing. If you're filled with that, you're looked at as weird. You're looked at as Jesus freak. Are you hearing me? No, it's, it's not normal to have depression and hopelessness as a Christian. It's not. The flow has been cut off. The wires have been severed. I say it's time to trade the ashes for beauty. It's time to trade that mourning for the oil of joy. Are you hearing me? It's time to remove the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. Go to Acts chapter 10. 
Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 says this. How, how God anointed, how God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were what? Oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with Jesus. God the Father. The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus to go around and heal. To go and, and set people free from the bondage of, according to this scripture, the devil. Now, everywhere, listen to me. Everywhere Jesus went in his earthly ministry, everywhere he went, he was dropping joy bombs and freedom within the bodies, soul, and spirits of people. Oh, come on now. His mission was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Mission, not impossible. He did it. Now we got to walk in it. Are you hearing me? I mean, there, there will be times when you experience so much joy in your relationship with God that it may manifest in your life in a radical way. Well, give me some scripture. How about 2 Samuel 6.14? In this passage, Dan, uh, David danced before the Lord, it says, with all his might. And then it even says that his wife his wife despised him in his heart for do, in her heart for doing this. She was offended. She said, "David, in her heart, this is what she said, "David, you're a fool for looking like this. You David, you're just an idiot for getting all excited about your victories. You're getting you're an idiot for acting excited about your relationship with God. Are you hearing me?" Oh, oh. Do we have a lot of people like that in the church, in the body of Christ today? Are you hearing me? Going around with that spiritual extinguisher trying to put the fire out. No, we need to, we need to fan the flame. Are you hearing me? David was not out of order at all. Are you hearing me? This is what I want to say. Don't put God in a box. Because he takes pleasure in you being joyful in him. He does. Go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. I want to show you something here. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 2. It says, blessed. You know the word blessed there? You know what that literally means? Happy. Blessed. Blessed. Or happy is the man or person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man, the happy man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law, or in God's word, he meditates day and night. And then it goes on to say, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Oh, it's awesome. But blessed or happy is the person who delights in the law or word of God and meditates in it. Listen, are you lacking joy today? Taking delight in the word of God will begin 
I said begin to trigger joy on the inside of you as a Christian. It'll trigger that joy. The very focus of a blessed or happy Christian, joyful Christian, is based on the Word of God. Did you notice that? It's based on the Word of God. It's based on the promises of God. In what Jesus Christ accomplished, he takes pleasure, delight, and joy in receiving the word in his or her life. Go to Romans 14, 17. I'm talking about what should be normal in the life of a Christian. We, we've strayed too far away. We've strayed too far away. We, we've made the medical companies too rich over the years because of our lack of not delighting in the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Yes. Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate joy from the kingdom of God. Where the kingdom goes, where the kingdom of God is advanced, there you'll find joy also. Several scriptures in the book of Acts refers to cities where the apostles and believers went and ministered the word of God. And it says, and I quote, and there was great joy in that city. I quote again, the disciples were filled with joy. Another one, quote, they caused great joy to all the brethren. Wherever the kingdom of God goes, you're going to find a joy. Now, but listen. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said this. This is interesting, tying into this. He said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Friend, I'll tell you right now, when you are set free from demonic spirits in your life, I guarantee you, that will produce a joy and peace on the inside of you. Why? Because the kingdom of God has come upon you. The effects of the kingdom of Satan has been dismantled. Are you hearing me? Now, I want you to notice, listen up. This is extremely, extremely important. I want you to notice the order of the word of God that the word of God gives of the words in Romans 14 17. I'm telling this is a key. The Holy Spirit showed this to me. The order of the words are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay, what's the big deal about that? Well, the big deal about that is when you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ which includes the imputed righteousness by faith, your faith in Christ, it's imputed. Imputed means you didn't do anything to earn it. That's, he's made you righteous. And right or holy living. See, there's two sides of righteousness. When you have the righteousness side down in your life, the other two things are going to follow behind the righteousness, peace and joy. Now, Now, the righteousness of God also means God's way of doing things. I found that interesting. But listen, the righteousness of God. There's imputed righteousness, meaning if you 
uh, if someone said the sinner's prayer this morning and they, they just dropped dead, you know what? They're going to heaven. By faith in Christ, their faith in Christ, they're going to heaven before doing any righteous act. Are you hearing me? But then there's another side of righteousness, though, that we do need to live holy. We do need to be doers of the word, as the New Testament says in the book of James. Are you hearing me? Now listen, let's, let's look at this. So if you take this scripture, Romans 14, 17, and you take the opposite of what it says, it would say something like this. For the kingdom of Satan is, is eating and drinking, or overeating and drinking. <laughs> Listen. And unrighteousness, worry, anxiety, fear, and heaviness in an unholy spirit. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes when you take a scripture and you just flip it around and look at it, it's like, oh wow, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Listen, I'll say it again. How many of you know Satan does have a kingdom? He has a kingdom on this earth. You better believe it. If you don't, you've been, you've been putting your head in the sand or something. I don't know. But it says this. For the kingdom of Satan is eating and drinking and unrighteousness, worry, anxiety, fear, heaviness, and un, in an unholy spirit. I don't know. I just found that interesting. Go to John. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Are you getting anything out of this today? Hopefully, you got to get some joy in your life. Uh, come on. Your health even may depend on it. I, I mean, just the weirdest thing. I, I hate that when the secular world gets a hold of a biblical principle and they're putting it more into practice than the, the kingdom of God, more than Christians. Are you hearing me? They take it and they twist it. I mean, they even have what they call laughter therapy. What they probably do is they probably turn a movie on that has four-letter words flying all over and people laughing galore. And guess what? There's some kind of a benefit there just from the physiological effects of laughter somewhat. Are you hearing me? We need to use the thing. Even what else has the world taken and perverted? Meditation. The New Age has taken it and they say, oh, just empty your mind and say a mantra. No, no. The real way, the biblical way, God's intent is to fill yourself with the word and meditate on the word. Don't empty yourself. You know, really, when you're emptying yourself, you're opening yourself up to a demonic spirit is what you're doing. Say amen to that, because that's the truth. Now, John 15, 9 and 11, we need to fill ourselves with the word. Listen to this. Jesus said this, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you and, abi and uh, abide in my love, Jesus said to us. If you keep my commandments, you will, uh, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, that my joy, interesting, Jesus said my joy. Jesus had joy even. My joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. All right, Jesus told us to keep his commandments so that his joy would remain. This is interesting because I said there's two sides of righteousness, the imputed by faith, made righteous by Christ. Now we got to live it out. That's the other side of righteousness. It said that my joy might remain in you. How many of you have seen a new, newly saved Christian and they're on fire for the Lord, boy? Man, you can't even tame them. 
Are you hearing me? But what happens if they start to backslide and fall away from Christ? The joy begins to diminish. It begins to be taken away. That's why I said to maintain the joy. Not only does it come through imputed righteousness by faith, but you got to have both sides. Now you got to live right. Jesus said, keep my commandments. Did you catch that? He said that it would remain in you. Obviously, he said if it, it, it needs to remain, obviously it's possible for it not to remain. And friend, we see a lot not remaining in the people of God on this earth. Hallelujah. But then he went on to say that your joy might be full. Jesus is not opposed to you being joyful. God's not a, opposed to you being joyful as his child. But true joy is when you have the righteousness of God and when you live the, a holy life for Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. All right, turn to Psalm 51. Got to have both sides. Got to have both sides. You can't have just one side of a coin, can you? No, when you get it, you take the whole thing. It has both sides. Same thing with righteousness. You want the righteousness of God? Got to have both sides of that thing. All right. Now, in Psalm 51, David was repenting for some sin in his life, all right? So that kind of sets the stage for you. Psalm 51, verses uh, 10 through 12. He said this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Now he said, create in me a clean heart. What is he talking about? He's talking about clean from the stain of the guilt of sin. How many of you guys, when you sin, you feel guilty about it? I mean, you know it, and you don't feel right. And when it's there and you're not repenting of it, you feel like dirt. It's kind of like what Adam and Eve felt too when they ran from the presence of God, when they should have ran to him. Are you hearing me? But you just, you, you just feel that, that stain and the guilt of sin. And David cried out to God and said, Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. True joy, I'm telling you, comes and manifests when you're living a holy life and dwelling in the secret place in the presence of God on this earth. Psalm 1611, powerful psalm, it says this. It says, you will show me the path of life. That's interesting. Show me the path of life. Could that be talking about living a holy life? The path? Walking, the interesting, the New Testament says, the narrow road, the path. You will show me the path of life. Of course, that's through Jesus Christ, the door. And then he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, who sits at the right hand of God in heaven? Jesus Christ. At your right hand, through Jesus Christ, we could say, are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. It's there. When the manifest presence of God, when the presence of God is in a place, 
There's joy there also. But the question is, are you going to flow with the joy in the presence of God when he manifests? Or will you choose to maintain a hardened heart and not flow with the joy? See, the provision of joy when the presence of God is here, it's not just automatic. You need to receive that. You need to flow with the Holy Spirit. When the presence of God is here, there's a joy that should be bubbling up in your heart. And if not, it's not God's fault. There's a disconnection inside of you. From Psalm 16 and Psalm 51, you could say, you could, you could take these scriptures and really what you could say is that sin in your life, unrepentant sin, let's say, unrepentant sin in your life disqualifies you, come on, the child of God, from enjoying the presence of God. It just does. You might get a taste of it. But you know what the purpose of that is? To, for, for you to come back to Him. If you experience it, that's just the grace of God. And that's His, his, beck, his call. That's His call. He's saying, come, come on. Come back to me. Repent of this thing. Let it go so you and I can be in right standing again. So you can experience the fullness of my joy. The fullness of my presence in your life. David said this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore. Restore means it was once there, but it's lost. Restore. Let me say it again. Restore means it was there at one time. But you left your first love, the Word of God says, Jesus Christ. Restore. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Joy comes with the package of salvation through Jesus Christ. But Jesus said, keep my commandments that it may remain with you. We are the ones that put the fire of joy out in our lives. Are you hearing me? We need the joy of the Lord. We need to be restored back to God's original intent and purpose. Look at Psalms 51, 12 through 13. Interesting connection here. It says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Verse 13, this is powerful. Then, say then, I will teach transgressors, unbelievers, backsliders, your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Listen to me. Listen. The amount of joy that we possess in our life as a Christian will determine the fruitfulness of our evangelism efforts toward unbelievers. If you don't believe me, just go on out, just go out with a big frown on your face and try to lead someone to Christ. And let's see how far you get. Are you hearing me? Go ahead. Just, <laughs> do you know about Jesus? <laughs> I, 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 it's such depression here. I, I, but, but Jesus, you know, God so loved the world that he... Give me a break. The, joy, the amount of joy that you possess, yes, it will. I, come on. It will determine yes, 
your, your effectiveness with unbelievers, <laughs> even with backsliders, because backsliders are going to see what they're missing out on. They're, they're going to, uh, oh, backsliders are some of the worst. I mean, I'll tell you what, because they had a taste of it at one point. They tasted of the presence of God, and they've fallen away. So, so even sometimes even when a backslidden Christian sees someone with the joy of the Lord, they get offended. It, it, it's, a, it's, an, it's a stumbling block to them. They're offended because they willingly let go of that joy. Are you hearing me? But you can get back to it. Are you hearing me? You can get back to it. The joy of the Lord is really what motivates us to share Christ with others. It really is. I, it's, it's really, that's one of the ingredients that really motivates people. I mean, we, we need to do it out of concern, of, of course. But, but, I mean, let's face it. A person that's a grouch and full of heaviness, really, they're really not going to be the ones to go out and win the lost. Are you hearing me? Thank God for that, because they're not representing the Savior effectively. But the Holy Spirit uses our joy and the other fruits of the Spirit as a tool. Come on as bait to draw others to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible does call us fishers of men, does it not? You ever try to go fishing without bait? You're going to have a pretty boring afternoon. But when people see a Christian who really has the legitimate joy of the Lord, I'm not just talking about someone who's just an idiot for the sake of being an idiot. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about a genuine joy over the promises of God and what Jesus accomplished. That's what I'm talking about. Not, not some idiot. Are you hearing me? But when people see someone who legitimately has it, people start to see what Jesus really has to offer. When they see a joyful Christian, they see a person that has that God-shaped hole in their life filled and they say, I don't know what it is, but I want what that person has. Are you hearing me? Oh, my. Like I said, the word gospel means good news. We as Christians are possessors of, carriers of, ambassadors of, preachers of good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. And we ought to be lighting fires of joy everywhere we go with the gospel message. And if that's not happening, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem. I, I mean, I'm telling you, if, if we could go back... If we had a time machine here, and we went back over 2,000 years ago and, and just took a day, just one day, in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry, and we were just to sit back and watch him, I guarantee you he lit fires of joy everywhere he went. People who were healed, blind eyes opened, people who couldn't walk even from their mother's womb, getting up and walking and running, Leaping and praising God. There was joy. Don't think for one minute 
that there was an organ playing in the background. Don't think for a minute that Jesus handed out Psalter hymnals and said, let's go back and let's, let's you know, recite this uh, ten times. And Are you hearing me? There was joy. There was joy. Now I find it very interesting, as in my point here, I find it very interesting that the Word of God in Nehemiah 8.10 refers to the joy of the Lord as our strength. Us, the believer. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You can't deny that scripture. And the devil is out to steal your joy as a Christian. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if the devil can, can put circumstances and make you stumble, put stumbling blocks in your Christian walk to steal your joy, he knows that will affect your faith in the Word of God. Listen to me. A joyless Christian is weak, powerless, and faithless. Why is the joy of the Lord our strength? Go to Isaiah chapter 12. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That is interesting. Now, it's no wonder we got so many Christians walking around who are getting their butts kicked by the enemy everywhere they go. No joy. No strength. They're faithless. They're weak. They're powerless. Because the joy of the Lord the Word of God says, is their strength. Isaiah 12, 1 and 3. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. This should cause some joy in the house today. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, or Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, say therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With the joy of the Lord, with joy you will draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Why is the joy of the Lord our strength? I'll tell you right now, because joy is nothing more, nothing less than the fruit of faith. Don't tell me you go in your prayer, listen, come on. Don't tell me you went to your prayer closet in faith and you prayed and you walk out with these negative confessions and all down. Don't tell me that you prayed in faith. If you really believe what you prayed for, you're going to have it, it's going to manifest with joy. Because how would you act if you really did receive that in the natural? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a fruit of true faith. Are you hearing me? And faith causes the promises of God to be manifested in the natural realm. I heard a, a teaching. It's, you know that scripture, scripture that says a double-minded man won't receive anything? In James, I'm pretty sure it is. A double-minded man won't receive anything. Why? 
Because in one side, he's speaking faith confessions. On the other side, he speaks doubt and he negates what he did in faith. He cancels out what he did. Nothing. The Bible says that man shall receive nothing. Am I the only one getting happy up here today? I'm enjoying myself. If you're not, I tell you what. But if you truly believe the promises of God in his word, you will be full of joy and rejoice over them. The Bible said that it's, it is joy which draws out the water out of the wells of salvation. If you're not experiencing the benefits of the word of God, the benefits of the promises of God, check your joy level in your relationship with the Lord. Not just joy for joy's sake. Are you hearing me? Your joy in the Lord. Do you delight in his word? Do you take pleasure in his word? Let me ask you this. What has stolen your joy away from the Lord? What's been coming into your life that's been taking your joy, that's been taking your strength, that's been taking your, come on, what it boils down to, your faith in the Word of God? I want to show you something. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, my last scripture here. What is it that is coming to your life? What trap has Satan set in your life that you have stumbled right over? You fell right into this trap. And your joy just seems to be bye-bye. What is it? Identify. I'm, I'm challenging each and every one of us. Write down. Make a list. What are the things that have stolen your joy? Because, friends, I'm telling you right now, we have everything to be joyful about. Are you hearing me? 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept... By the power of God through faith for, your, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, in this thing I just read, you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to take hold of, verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice. With what? Joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though you don't see Jesus now. Though your circumstances, you're going through a trial. Though you don't see Jesus standing there and, and just helping you with it, you're still standing in faith, believing. And that's why you can, you can rejoice with joy. Are you hearing me? Because true faith always manifests. 
with joy, peace, soundness of mind, and true unbelief will always manifest worry, fear, anxiety, and diarrhea. Come on. Now listen. Do you need the joy of God's salvation restored in your life? <laughs> I lost you on that one. Right. Just go ahead. Connect the wires properly. Come on. By repenting of any known sin in your life. That's, that's number one right there. Any known sin. If there's something in your life, you know it. You know it, the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. This, this isn't some mystery, don't fall into condemnation. If there's something there, you know it. Step one, repent. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to the Christian backslider now. Connect the wires again. Next, choose to rejoice at the word of God and the promises of God's word. Choose to. Even if you don't feel like it, lift your hands. Speak the promises out loud in your prayer closet or wherever you're at. Speak them out loud. Lift your hands and say, God, I thank you for this. I receive it. I refuse to get into fear. I refuse to receive Satan's package for this circumstance in my life. I just refuse. And I know, Father God, Romans 8, 28, all things, I'm loving you. All things are going to be turned around and work together for the good. Amen. You can't lose. If, if you will just stay connected to Jesus Christ, put him at the very center of your life, we can't lose. Because we know the end of the story. The end of the book says victory. Are you hearing me? And next, choose to comfort in the word of God. Cast your cares upon him. And you need to learn to lean on him. No one said the faith walk was easy, but it's required. No one said it's going to be easy. Come on. But it's a requirement. We can do it. So don't ever forget, the joy of the Lord is your strength as a Christian. And do what it takes to get it. Restore it. And do what it takes to maintain it in your life. Can you say amen to that? Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Father God, too many of your people are in bondage. Too many of your people are in heaviness, depression, hopelessness. I pray for all the people in this place right now who have that who are dealing with those emotions, who's dealing with that demonic torment in their lives. I say Satan and every evil spirit that's afflicting the people of God in this place and those listening over the internet and on the radio right now. In the name of Jesus, I say Satan, you loose them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every demonic spirit, you come out, you loose these people right now. And Father God, I pray you would loose the garment of praise upon every individual. Right now. Right now, God. Lord, I pray the joy of the Lord would begin to bubble up in the people's hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. Now, maybe there's someone in here. 
you listen to this message and and you realize this is the missing ingredient ingredient this is the peace in my life that I need to be filled and I realize now that only Jesus Christ can fill it if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life I want you to come forward today and I want to pray with you that you would make him your Lord and Savior and you can tap into the benefits friends think about it it's ridiculous how joyful someone would be if Bill Gates came up to them and said, you know, I'm going to pay off everything. everything. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm sure a little bubbling of joy would come up in me too. But listen, how much more the Lord Jesus Christ? How much more? Eternity depends on it. Oh, not only do we have benefits in this life, but in the life to come. Are you hearing me? Maybe there's someone in here you have backslidden. You have let your joy tank get empty. You want your joy restored today. You want to start brand new with the Lord. I want you to come forward. If you want to rededicate your life with the Lord, just come forward this morning. I want to pray with you. Things can turn around in your life. I know it's felt hopeless in your life. I know, I know you've been so bombarded with depression and stuff. But things can turn around. Either God's word is true or we're wasting our time in this place. The word of God is true. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Friends, I believe that the Holy Spirit baptism is indeed one of the ingredients that you need. If you really want to walk in the fullness, you need the Holy Spirit baptism. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward today. I want to pray with you to receive it. Peace, it's easy. Don't make it hard. Everything with the Lord is a faith thing. As easy as you got born again, it's easy, that easy to receive the Holy Ghost baptism. Lastly, maybe you're in this place, you're being bombarded with sickness, disease, infirmities, whatever it is. I want you to come forward and I'll pray over you. The rest of you, worship the Lord. Put those things under the blood of Jesus. Let's start brand new. Let's fill up your joy tank today in Jesus' name. Amen.
want God to manifest his glory in your life? How many of you want the favor of God on your life? Tell him that then. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. Tell him. Tell him. I want to see your glory. I want everything that you have for me. Tell fill my joy tank this morning, Father. Fill it up. Fill it up. That you, Lord Jesus, may be glorified in everything that I do. That's the purpose of the joy. Hallelujah. Not only that, but we are his body. Jesus isn't coming back down to this earth. He's counting on us, the church, the body of Christ, to do his work. With just that being said, he wants us to have the joy of the Lord. Because it is our strength to accomplish the mission of God. Hallelujah. any of those things I mentioned or anything come forward come forward wouldn't hurt somebody to pray in your prayer language because you haven't used it in a while Glenda, I want you to come up here. She has, I want her to give a quick testimony here. Go ahead and take a seat if you'd like. Quick testimony. Glenda's father passed away a couple, couple weeks ago. And she didn't have the, that was out in Arizona. She didn't have the funds to go out, so the church paid for her to go out the next day. And before you say it, uh, the, give your testimony. The day that she flew out, the day that she flew out, that morning, 
I was on the other side of the house. Elizabeth was on the other side of the house. And all of a sudden, I, I, I just, the Holy Spirit prompted me. And I said, Elizabeth, pray and agree with me that Glenda will get to Arizona before her dad dies. Take it from there. Well, God blessed me with the flight to Arizona. And my prayer was, the week when I heard my dad was sick, Lord, I just want to see my father one more time because it's been seven years since I've seen him. So I called, like I said, the church the next morning, and um, I said, Pastor, my dad took a turn for the worse, and just, just please be praying. So like I say, God made a way, and my plane landed in Phoenix, Arizona, just a little bit after, like 11.10. And we, by the time I got my luggage, and I was able to get to the hospice, it was like went on 12, 12 o'clock, and within the hour, my pastor's, or my um, brother's pastor's wife was with my sister-in-law when they picked me up. When we got in the car, she said that we're believing that your dad's going to squeeze, because my dad couldn't talk or hear by this time, that he's going to squeeze, he's going to move a finger, he's going to do something where we're going to know that he's okay with God. So I said, well, it's fine, let's just pray. So I just began to pray in the vehicle, and we got there going on 12 o'clock. And, you know, I had to pray before I went inside the room because, like I say, I haven't seen my dad and I didn't know what I was going to, to be seeing. So we arrived at hospice and um, I grabbed my sister-in-law and my sister came over and says, I want some of that. And she's not a believer either. <laughs> but anyway, we walked into the room and um, I just see my dad and just begun to pray. And all my family members are all around and they're not believers. Just my mom was and my sister-in-law and my brother, of course, was in the hospital. But um, this pastor's wife was on the one side of him, and I was on this side holding the hand, and she got down to his ear, and she was leading him to the Lord. And within a few minutes, I felt his finger inside my hand move. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this is just a nerve. At the time, it just, I was just so busy praying. And so after the pastor's wife, which her name was Pam, walked away, she said, Dad squeezed my hand. And I said, okay, he moved my finger, so I know now he's okay. So we was all beginning to just, you know, stand around and, you know, talking and crying and holding Dad's hand and talking to him and singing. And, and everybody kept saying, he stopped breathing, he stopped breathing. And I said, no, he's still breathing. So I just walked over on the other side of him and bent over to the ear that he can hear with. And I, God just let me to sing, Jesus loves you. And I just sung it and I sung it and I stood up. I said, he stopped, he's gone. And, and I just thank God that he enabled me. And plus, on my flight, he, I don't know if it was an angel or what. I had not a penny to my name. And this older gentleman sat down, and, and um, he got a snack tray. He goes, here, just share this with me. And, you know, I said, okay. And then he, when we landed, he'd give me a $10 bill. It wasn't much. But to me, it was like I didn't have anything. And I looked at him, and I said, what's this for? He goes, just take it. And so I had a booklet that Pastor has out here on his table. And I said... I said, here, just let me share this with you. You shared my, your riches with me. Let me share my Jesus with you. He says, thank you. And he asked me for my name, and he wanted my address. I said, I felt okay giving my name, but not my address. And I opened the booklet up, and I said, oh, here's my church address right inside there. So that was great. And a woman stood up in front of me as we landed, and she goes, you know, I heard, overheard your testimony, or your, what you were speaking to him, and you're going to be okay. It's like God was encouraging me all the way. But I just want to praise God that he allowed me to be there. I haven't seen, like I said, my dad in seven years. So I just praise God for all your prayers and everything. Now, officially, hallelujah, yes. Thank you, sis. I mean, the timing, the timing was amazing on that. Oh, I hate that thing. 
listen, the timing on that was amazing because 25 minutes after you arrived at the hospice, he took his last breath. She made it. God is so good. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, think about that. Coming all the way from Michigan, Arizona, she had a layover. If your flight was delayed this much, they put you in a holding pattern over Phoenix this much, you wouldn't have made it. That's the hand of God, people. That's the God we serve. Are you hearing me? All right. I got a couple announcements, and then I'll, I'll let you go here. Uh, tonight at the Big Rapids Assembly of God is the uh, community prayer and praise service at 6 p.m. Also, every Tuesday for the next couple months at least, how many of you know Doc Covalli? Big right to lifer. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, between Elm and Linden uh, in Big Rapids by Mr. Carl's neck of the woods there, uh, there's, there by uh, really Planned Parenthood is what, there's a prayer meeting every Tuesday from 5 to 6. So if you can make it there, that would be great. Also, the healing service is going to be this coming Saturday at 6 o'clock here at the church. There's a whole bunch of handouts there. I've made a whole bunch of copies. Just bunch, take a whole bunch of them with you and just spread them wherever. I don't care. They'll turn into fertilizer later on. But uh, anyways, also, Cran Hill Ranch uh, has free activities for families uh, Saturday, this Saturday, March 15th. If you want more information, see Kathy. Kathy knows about it pretty well. But make sure you're back by 6 o'clock for the healing service. Amen? All right. Tuesday, leadership meeting. Wednesday, John Bevere. And we keep moving forward. Amen? God bless you, visitors. Thanks for coming. Y'all come back now, you hear? All right.